Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Chalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Chalava, and today is Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. It has been a busy day. I got up a little bit later than normal, but I have gotten a, a decent amount done and just been doing some research on leads, doing some research for Amazon, uh, going over some sneakers and stuff like that. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the really the one release that we had today, and then we can touch on some of the other things that I have been working on for Amazon. And so the one release that we had today, we were supposed to have two, we ended up having one, and it ended up being the Jordan 1 low uh, red slash curry colorway. The curry is the, not Steph Curry, but like a yellowish shoe color that they use, and they've been calling sort of this off yellowish, orangish color like curry. And so they did the Jordan Red, it was the Jordan 1 Low, uh, basically a white and red colorway, and then they did a touch of this yellowish burnt orange color that they've been calling Curry on the like Jordan logo on the back heel of the shoe, and then I believe a little bit on the stitching and stuff. Overall clean shoe. They were supposed to do two today, they were supposed to also do a Jordan 1 Low, uh, I think it was called like reverse bread toe, which is basically just means instead of the or reverse black toe. So instead of the toe being black, the heel was actually black on the shoe. Clean looking shoe. And overall, I do like Jordan 1 Lowe's. I haven't paid attention to them as much recently, but just looking at some of the prices on those today, and we can touch on those in a second, they seem to be doing pretty well. So whenever I see a Jordan 1 Lowe that's coming out that's pretty clean, I do like to look into it a little bit. And typically, I've talked about this before, I think on other podcasts, but basically a rundown of Jordan 1 lows and Jordan 1 mids. They used to both be pretty cheap. I think Jordan 1 mids before uh, this year were about $115. Jordan 1 lows were 100 bucks. I th- think that they're still the same. And so I think the Jordan 1 lows are still 100 bucks for the most part, maybe 110 for some for some of those models. But the Jordan 1 mids used to be a cook, especially in very clean colorways. We're talking white and black, white and blue, white and red, any of those types of colorways, gray and black, like just neutral or, or normal looking colors, nothing crazy, those would be good uh, holds because typically you could buy the shoe and six months to a year it would appreciate to double, even triple value sometimes. So people would buy those a lot. Now they've cut into margins a, a significant amount because if you're looking at a Jordan 1 mid, oftentimes they're selling for 140, 150 bucks resale. Well, Nike upped their price to $130 retail instead of 115, 120 bucks on those and resale prices stayed pretty stagnant. So they really didn't move up in correlation to what the shoe originally cost. So we end up paying the price instead of the consumer and it cuts out margins pretty bad on that shoe. Jordan 1 Lowe's on the other hand, they're hundred bucks. And if you get the right sizes, you can typically get 130 to $140 margins right off the, or 130 to $140 resale value right off the bat looking at about 30 to $40 margins on the shoe. So it just depends on what size you go after. So let's talk about that a little bit and what we had. So anyway, the Jordan 1 Low, it came out today. The Jordan 1 Low Red and Curry colorway came out. The Jordan 1 Low Reverse Black Toe ended up getting pushed off until I believe Friday, July 1st. And so I ended up going for the one Jordan that came out today. It was it was clean. I liked the shoe. I overall liked the colorway. The previous colorway that they've done of a red and white Jordan One Low is going for around 170 to 200 plus dollars right now, and it's the same exact thing except with I think the the Jordan uh, logo that's stitched into the heel is red, and I believe the stitching is red on the shoe instead of yellow. So very minimal difference, and probably very minimal difference in quality. Maybe this new one will be a little bit less quality 
quality just because it seems like Jordan has been putting less and less quality into their shoes as they have uh, compared to past years and stuff. So overall, I liked it. I went after it. I entered for size seven. Size seven, size seven and a half are typically the two sizes of Jordan 1 lows that sell out the fastest. Same thing for mids. Mids are a little bit different, but lows you can typically bank on a size seven selling out and it typically has the highest resale. And there's a multitude of reasons for that. Size seven is a hard size to get anyways, and it's not very highly produced, and a lot of people can wear it, a lot of women can wear it, a lot of kids can wear it. It, it, it aligns perfectly with like the size seven youth, is the exact same size as a size seven men's. And so typically there's a lot less of that size seven men's. So you have men that are size seven that don't know that they could buy a youth size shoe that's the same exact shoe, maybe looks a, a tad different. Uh, they don't know that, so they want to buy the shoe. You have women who want to buy the shoe. You have kids that are a size 7 that want to buy the shoe. So there's a lot of demand around a very low stock product, and that's why it ends up having a little bit higher resale. And so I went after that. I, I had four accounts going, and I ended up buying the shoe on two of them. So I have two pairs of those coming in, and those are probably going to be a long-term hold for me looking somewhere around Christmas time plus to sell those. And so I'm excited about those. I like buying shoes like this. I think it will go up in value. I was looking a little bit of research post drop just to see what other Jordan 1s have been selling well recently and specifically lows. And the Jordan 1 lows do really well in size 7. Like I, I really wasn't seeing a pair of shoes that I would lose money on if I sold it on eBay after holding it for a, f a few months. And so if that's kind of what I'm looking at, very low risk, then I'm willing to take the risk because it's really not that high of a risk and I can always get my money back just by listing the shoe on eBay, taking an offer on it. So very low risk for this sort of a thing and a lot of them paid out well. They paid out really well. And so some of the shoes, some of the really clean shoes and even some of like the not so good looking shoes, as long as it had like a white base with some red or some green or some black or some blue or just anything like that and go look up the, the Jordan 1 low uh, I think it was like the Royal, the game Royals. They're over 300 bucks right now for a pair of shoes. And I remember in 2020, those coming out and people going crazy over them and remembering, thinking to myself, why on earth would anybody buy this shoe? It's just a Jordan 1. I get it, Jordan 1s are, are profitable, but this shoe's a brick. Who would ever buy this? And I remember some kid, and I don't remember what his name is. He has a Instagram shop, and I believe he actually has a brick and mortar shop at this point for sneakers. Um, but he was like going crazy over these things and buying specifically, I think size seven and eight saying people don't understand how well these are going to resell and people don't understand the investment in sneakers. And I thought this guy's a lunatic. There's no way buying a hundred pairs of these is going to pay out. And here we are two years later. Now, I don't know if he held them the entire time, but if he had, and he had a lot of extra capital, then he made out very, very well in those. Cause I believe they cost about a hundred bucks. And right now they're well over 300 bucks for the sizes he said he was buying. So Overall, good hold on his part if he was able to hold those. So looking at those and looking at what we had today, I'm expecting not similar results to those Jordan 1 uh, low game royals, but I am expecting decent results on these in the you know short, long to long, long term. So I'm going to hold these for a little bit and see how they go. That was the only release that we had today. Overall, like I said, Jordan 1 lows, I'm excited about those. I do like to look for those. I mean, even shoes like the True Blue Jordan Lomo that came out last week, I'm looking at it, size 7, 140 bucks on StockX, and StockX usually lags eBay uh, sale prices by about $10. Uh, it's usually, you know, 10 to $15 lower than eBay sale prices, and part of that's just because of the culture on StockX that you can cash out at any time. Part of it's just because eBay buyers aren't as sometimes savvy as StockX buyers. StockX buyers are typically buying on eBay, StockX, GOAT, 
they have a good idea of the price and the market of a shoe versus eBay buyers could just be a grandma wanting to buy the shoe for their kid. And so there's not as necessarily as much price savviness to a grandma or maybe she doesn't trust StockX because she's never heard of it or Goat or uh, you know any of these other reselling platforms. A lot of older people don't know of them. So if they want to buy the shoe as a gift, they want to buy it for personal, they're going to go to eBay because you really can't buy them anywhere else. So that's kind of, that's why, for them at least. If you wanted to buy it as a normal person, you'd probably go to StockX Goat, uh, maybe check Poshmark, you know, all these other different sites. So that was what we had this morning. Other than that, I've been doing some research. I've been doing a lot of research and Amazon's been slow. People have been asking me how it is. It's slow. And, and that's partly because of a few factors. A, I'm really green. I've been doing this for maybe a month and a half, two months, right? I remember the first things I started saying about Amazon and I was actually going through some of the Discord messaging I was sending to some of the people in some of the groups I'm in saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to be looking into Amazon. I think there's a big opportunity there. That was like right at the beginning of May. So we're right coming up on two months here that I've really been looking into it and probably only a month and a half to a month of really deep research and understanding what I'm doing on Amazon. And so that's something that I'm going to be working through throughout the rest of the year. And, you know, barring that something catastrophic doesn't happen, barring that I don't get suspended, barring that you know, nothing really major happens, that's kind of my business model going forward is really trying to make some work on Amazon. I've done a lot of eBay. I like eBay. I'll always sell on eBay. I don't have any problems with eBay, but I do think that diversifying is both a good way to protect your business and Amazon is a little bit more scalable because of their FBA model. And so I've been doing research on that. I've uh, been using the Keepa product finder that's been helpful. I'd highly encourage you to use it. Get in there. It looks like a lot. It's super overwhelming looking. It's really not that tough. You just have to go and play around and kind of realize that sometimes you may want to look for uh, some FBA offers that have more than a certain amount of sellers. I typically type in uh, three sellers at least for FBA offers or maybe not FBA offers, but just new offers on a product because offers or products that offer maybe only two or one seller for the product. It could be the brand name. Amazon also sells on products. So if they get a return and they don't know how to what to do with it and they can't get it back to the person that uh, bought it or that sold it, they, uh, they'll oftentimes sell it themselves as used. And so there can be one person on a listing, which is typically the brand owner. If there's only one person on a listing for a while and you see that on Keepa, that's typically the person that owns the brand. I don't like to sell on those because you can't get IP complaints. You can't get people upset at you. I don't just, I, I don't mess with that. Two sellers, a lot of times it's Amazon and that one brand owner. So again, you're not really, you're not really doing any uh, service to yourself there because you're, you're kind of screwed. So three, three is usually, hey, there's either the brand owners not on it and you have three just resellers on, you have three random people, you have three suppliers. You can kind of blend in a little bit more. I also filter out uh, listings that Amazon's on. I know some people sell on those, but I don't really like those because it's really hard to compete with Amazon. I mean, just think about it. If you're playing in their sandbox and they are selling against you, do you th really think they're going to give you the buy box? Do you really think that they are with the great... Uh, prices that they can buy stuff at do you really think that they're going to let you compete with them because even if you know you're selling at a little bit of a lower price they get such a, a better price than most of us do on most items they can easily drop the the buy box down to whatever they want and sell whatever they want and probably profit on it or kind of run you out of business on whatever that product is and then jack the price back up to what it was and so you may be forced to you may be selling a product at $16 and they're selling it at 20 bucks they may lower it to $16 they may lower it to $10 and probably wouldn't do it that low, but they could. And now you're forced to either wait on that product until Amazon sells out and 
who knows how long that could be. And if you have a lot of money tied up in that, maybe forced to sell it at $10 and either break even or lose some money on it, sell out of your product, then Amazon can bump their prices back up to 20 bucks, continue to make their normal margins on it, but now they're not competing with you, you're not stealing the buy box from them, they're happy, you've lost some money and you move on. And so you have to be very careful about these sorts of things. And if you don't know what the buy box is, whenever you go to buy something on Amazon, it says, hey, add to cart, buy now, that's the buy box. Whatever price it shows you, that's not always the cheapest price. So if you're a buyer on Amazon, definitely make sure you're clicking over on the sellers and seeing if you're getting the best price or not. You can kind of scroll down, I think on mobile or on uh, PC, you can kind of see on the right-hand side if there's other sellers on the product, you can see what the prices are, filter by prime and all that good stuff. And so that's something that I've been looking at. I've been playing around with Keepa. I'm also looking into tactical arbitrage and there's a lot of information out there on tactical arbitrage and there's a lot of bad information on it. And so what I want to do is I want to be able to use it in a replenishables platform or at least in a way that I can find really good RA items and stuff that I would hopefully be able to sell more than one time. And I'm not saying more than one quantity, but I'm saying, hey, it's June right now. I've purchased 10 or 15 of an item. I'd like to also be able to sell 10 or 15 of that item in July and in August and maybe into perpetuity, but at least being able to sell an item more than one time after I order it. And so that's something that I'm looking into. And there's a course out there that I'm, I'm looking at. I'm typically very, very uh, speculative of courses and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people that offer courses or coaching and all that a lot of them are scammers and I don't really buy into the whole you should buy a course you should buy a scan you should buy a uh, coaching thing for the most part because a lot of people offer basic watered down junk and if there's somebody that you know that wants to teach you or you, there's somebody that you 100% know there's there's no guessing there's no I hope this works there is 100% proof that this is going to work as long as you execute with what they're telling you I think that if you have the money to spend on a course or anything like that, it's invaluable to buy. And if you can speed up the process, by all means do it. But if you don't know or you don't trust the people doing it 100%, it can be really sketchy and you end up losing a lot more money than what you would gain for the most part. And so I ended up kind of doing some research. I've been doing a lot of research into the silent sales machine team. And this is no way a plug for them, but just kind of being real with what I'm doing right now. Um, they have a lot of information on there and they've been doing Amazon for a long, long time. And so listening to their podcast and then getting plugged in with some of their Facebook communities and stuff like that, they do offer a tactical arbitrage uh, course that they just started. I think it was like a hundred bucks. And seriously, for the amount of stuff I've bought before, whether it's items or whether it's just random stuff that I thought would help my business as like a business expense, I've spent a hundred dollars way dumber ways than learning how to use a new product or a new uh, software. And so I mean, even, you know, most bot subscriptions are 50 bucks a month. So that's two months of a bot subscription that probably I didn't make money on anyways. So it's like a no brainer for me to spend a hundred bucks, learn how to use tactical arbitrage and kind of go with that. And so I'm looking into that right now. I won't necessarily give away everything that they're saying because it is a course and I don't want to like undermine them. But at the same time, I will keep you in the loop as to what I'm doing with TA, kind of how I'm using it a little bit and what other products I'm using with it because tactical arbitrage is a very powerful tool. It's it, For those of you who don't know what it is, somebody, I, I don't know who that was, but they built a very robust software to be able to basically analyze multiple sites based on categories, based on price points, all this different stuff where you, know, you type in Walmart or you type in Shop Disney, you can go and source these sites and it will actually pull up matches on Amazon based on, I think it uses some UPC codes and uses 
uh, maybe even some image search. I'm not entirely sure if it uses images, but typically it gives you the image and you can kind of compare and say, hey, is this item the same? You can open them up on the web browser and see if the items are the same, but it's trying to find matches, profitable matches between Amazon and these websites. And you put in what your ROI is, you put in what you're looking for, categories, and it does all the search work for you in quotes. Your job is to go through and filter and say, hey, these are items that are a match. These are items that are not a match. There's oftentimes a lot of matches and there's oftentimes way more mismatches that aren't items that would actually be the same item. And so that's kind of what you have when you do stuff with software. You'll have to filter through some of that stuff, but it is a powerful tool because it's going through each item. It's saying, hey, is this profitable at its current price point? We've been able to match it with this Amazon item. Now it's on you. Make sure that that's the same item. Make sure that it meets your profit and all that kind of stuff. And we didn't screw something up, but it does save a lot of legwork at the beginning. And so it is something a lot of people use. The, the cautionary tale with it is a lot of people use it the same way. And so you kind of want to figure out your own method for using this software because if you're not using it uh, a different way than a lot of other people or maybe you're putting in the exact same search criteria as other people you're going to end up buying a lot of the same leads as other people and so you run into this weird kind of zone of saying hey i can filter stuff really well but now there's maybe a sale at walgreens i don't know let's pick walgreens right maybe there's a sale at walgreens and everybody knows stuff's on sale and you're going through and filtering out and figuring out what's profitable, what's not. Well, if there's a lot of people running searches on Walgreens and they're looking for the sale and they're using the same software as you and it has a lot of the same search terms as you, you could run into a scenario where you're just buying products that for better or for worse are kind of like a leads list where people are providing all the same leads on uh, Amazon products to a group of people. And similarly, tactical arbitrage could operate like that where if you're all searching around the same stuff, you end up buying the same stuff and now you have a bunch of sellers jumping in on a product and the product price tanks out because as we've talked about before amazon the real competitive nature of amazon comes down to two things price and i've said it's only one before it's a little bit more than that but the main factor for sales on amazon will be price the second factor for sales uh will also be account and i mean you can even say location of the item if it's fba but your account health your account uh, reputation, the amount of good reviews you have. You can also have a little bit of a better preference in Amazon's eyes to getting the buy box if you have a better looking account to them. And you also will have a little bit of a preference in getting the buy box or even the majority of the preference in getting the buy box if you're closer to somebody and it's able to be FBA to them. So like if I'm selling something and the buyer's in California and for some reason my item is stored in a Pennsylvania warehouse for Amazon, probably not going to show up in the buy box where I'm selling something and the buyer is maybe you know in Philadelphia and I have something in a, a Pennsylvania warehouse somewhere, that may be a buy box item for that person in Philly because it can get to them in two days, which Amazon say, okay, we can actually FBA this product. It's within a two day time frame to get to the, the buyer. Let's give this guy the buy box because this is gonna show the buyer, hey, this is the item, this is the price it'll cost to get it to you in two days. And so there's a little bit of preference with that but the main driver of all of this is if let's say all else being equal let's say you're the equal distance from the buyer you each have a pretty similar looking account the main driver for a uh, decision on who gets the buy box on amazon is going to be price and so you don't really have as much of a say in whether you get the buy box or not when it's coming down to just price and so you don't want to be buying stuff that a lot of people are going to jump on because the only way to differentiate your item in that scenario is to lower your price and that's why price tanking happens on amazon a lot more frequently than ebay not to say that it doesn't happen on ebay because it's very very it's very very prevalent on ebay but it is easier 
at least in my opinion, to sell at a higher price on eBay because you're also factoring in a little bit more of the photos and you're factoring in uh, listing and keywords, which you have to do every time. And you're factoring in, uh, you know, the garage sale factor of, are you trustworthy, right? You don't want to be buying something from somebody at a garage sale that looks sketchy. And at the same time, you don't want to go buy something on eBay that looks sketchy as well. And so everybody knows that you're buying from an individual on eBay. A lot of Amazon buyers don't even know that they're buying third party on Amazon. And so that's something where it's just a pretty different vibe on eBay. And for that reason, you can kind of play with the price a little bit more. And oftentimes you can get a how do I want to say this? If there's a lot of buyers jumping on the same item on eBay, you can still sometimes get the the top of the price range, primo price on something if you're going to sell it. Where Amazon, you can oftentimes get a better sold price on Amazon as compared to eBay one for one on an item. But if the same amount of buyers jump on an Amazon listing as on eBay, oftentimes that price on Amazon will tank a lot faster because the only way to change the speed at which you will sell something on Amazon is by lowering your price. And so if all else is equal, you lower your price and all the other people, they wanna sell their item as fast too, so they lower their price to match you. And there's price matchers that you can buy for Amazon, so now you're matching people and a lot of people don't set them up right anyway, so now they're matching to the bottom of this you know, price range until their items sell out. And so let's say me and you and a third par- person have price matchers going on and uh, you you have yours set to match one cent under whatever my price ma- my uh, repricer is at. And then I have mine to, go to one set whatever the the buy box price is right so now yours is going one cent under mine's going one cent under so they're competing with each other to go uh you know lower and eventually they get to a price where they just sell because amazon has so much traffic that whoever's looking for those items you know meaning you are now five to six dollars off the regular price somebody says wow these are on sale they buy them and now they're sold and whoever that third person is now they can keep their price higher because they're going to make more money now that there's less sellers on the item and there's now less supply and so those sorts of things you have to keep in mind amazon's a different beast than ebay you have to you have to treat it differently you have to feed it differently you have to watch it and take care of it differently there's a whole whole lot of different rules for amazon uh premise is still the same though you know supply and demand still works there you just kind of have to be able to understand uh, the ramifications for buying items that are easily accessible to more people versus items that are a little bit difficult to find uh, because obviously less people will be able to jump on those listings. So anyway, that's what I've been working through today. It's a lot. I'm just kind of plugging away, still learning, still putting in stuff. I sent out a shipment yesterday. If you're worried about sending stuff into FBA, let me just make this last point. If you're worried about sending stuff to FBA, it is extremely cheap. And just for reference, I think I sent a 23 by 19 by 17 box. It weighed 46 pounds, and I believe it cost me $11 to ship. Now I'm a little bit closer to a fulfillment center, I believe, because uh, it's just a lot of people don't get as cheap of a rate, but a lot of people do. And so if you're worried about sending stuff to FBA and you're worried about, oh, I have to ship it there and it's going to cost a lot, it literally costs like pennies on the dollar compared to eBay shipping and stuff. Like you're going to save a ton of money on shipping, $11 for that big of a box that weighs that much. That's extremely, extremely cheap. I don't think I could hire somebody at FedEx to uh, walk something across the street for me that costs $50 for $12. So, you know, it's just that's something where you have to kind of realize Amazon's giving you an, a really, really cheap price. Don't worry about FBA shipping. Uh, you can put it into your price uh, calculator and all that kind of stuff, which I do. But do not get held up thinking, well, I also have to pay to ship this in. It's going to be so much money. All these people send in big boxes and stuff. 
the boxes are relatively cheap. And so just keeping that in mind and kind of plugging away at things, you'll be able to figure stuff out on Amazon and on FBA. Stay tuned into this podcast and I'll keep you up to date on what I'm learning as well. And so that being said, I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and I will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.